All right, hello, and welcome back to the fourth episode of WCAT Chats. I'm Alex Carr, joined alongside by Paul Maruth and Nitin Rajo. Raju, sorry about that. And uh, Nitin, we got a special episode. Yes, indeed we do. We have an interview with junior Batcat center fielder, C.C. Schrader. You want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell them something a little bit about you. Um, hi, I'm Cece. I'm a junior. I play center field, um, bat fourth, and I'm left-handed. All right, CC. so I know you guys are in the, um, pretty deep in the playoffs, but how has the softball season been like throughout the year? We started a little rocky, not going to lie. We had a little bit of a rough start. I think everyone was still getting used to starting a season because not many people do travel, so no one really played over the summer. And um, it started a little rocky, but we really hit our stride a couple weeks ago, and we're in a really good position right now. Who do you think are the main leaders on the team like that were able to make that stride start to happen? I would say Quinn Schaefer is really good with rallying the team. So is Grace Carabillo. Grace is really good in the dugout. Um, pitchers, Helen and Adelaide, they're also really good. We can really count on them when we need them to. So, again, go – Region play. I know that's also important for pretty much all sports and the Westminster side of things, but I know last, yesterday we had a lot of people come out during lunch period and see the game that was going on, 6-5 to five win, good win. Second game, not so much, but what kind of some good things that happened in the first game? Um, the first game, we were just really into it. Like, we were all really excited to play, and I think that we kept a positive attitude the whole game, and we didn't let getting down defeat us at all and we just kept playing through it how do you think you guys what do you think is your strength like when you guys play these games what's your best facet of your game I think our fielding we're really consistent in the field I would say so we can always count on us to make the plays that we need to make mm -hmm. so I know Palmer is doing a little bit of research you moved outfield positions pretty early on uh, from right field to center field I believe how is that transition though Freshman year, I was right field. Okay. Yeah. So how was that transition, moving outfield positions? Um, it's definitely different. Center field, you have a lot more control over the outfield, and there's a lot more ground you have to cover, but that's what I play for my travel team. So I was more used to that than right field was. Uh, Nitin went back and looked at all of the stats this year. You had a 440 on base percentage with a, a 360 average. Uh, were you aware of how well you're doing throughout the season? Because that's incredible. I was not, no. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. I mean, 13 walks. Your entire team seemed like they were all on fire almost. I mean, um, how is your team able to do that, just completely turn it around? Um, I think that once we all got out of our slump, we just kind of, I don't know, we really hit stride. Something just inside us flipped partway through the season. We all started doing really good. Um, what coach do you think has made the biggest impact on the player that you are today? I would honestly say Coach McGuire. He was our coach middle school and then part of high school, and then he retired last year. But I would say him because he's always had a positive attitude yeah. and he's always been there for us. Yeah, I love Coach McGuire. So what's been your favorite moment uh, at Westminster softball for the past three years, if you had to pick one out? Um, I would say when I hit a walk-off a couple games ago and everyone was running out of the dugout, that was really exciting. Do you have a pick for best game of the year so far? Oh, that's tough. 
last game. I don't know. Last game was a good game. I liked having everyone up yeah. by Hawkins cheering us on. Mm-hmm. It was a really good environment. Yeah, I know. Some of us couldn't even make it to that game, but people were in, during lunch were following it on Game Changer. They brought up their computers to watch on NFHS, and that was just really cool to see how everyone got behind y'all. But when you're coming up to the plate, what's your mentality? What do you? Is there anything you're looking for in particular? I'm always looking for a low inside pitch because I love to pull the ball, so I know I can pull those to right field. What's your guys' goal at the end of the season? What are you guys looking to do? Um... win go to Columbus Columbus has been our overall goal and if we win the game today then we're going so that's what fingers crossed well good luck with the game who are you guys playing today North Oconee all right okay um do you guys have any other questions so North Oconee they are they good have you guys done like a little bit of scouting report or anything like that um the team that we lost to last game beat them and then they beat the other team that we beat. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming we're a pretty even matchup with them, but we'll have to see. Yeah. And obviously you've had a very successful year this year. What are you guys looking to do next year? Are you going to look to repeat, or are you guys going to have a rebuild year? It's going to be more of a rebuild year. We're losing five seniors, and they're a pretty big part of our team. So I would say it's definitely going to be a rebuild year. But there are some good freshmen that are going to be coming up. Yeah, I heard you guys had a good amount of freshmen actually playing this year. Uh, do you have anything to say about them? I'm impressed by them, honestly. I, Kate McDonald, she's mm-hmm. really good. McKenna behind the plate is insane. Like, she had one of the best catching games I've ever seen yesterday. Like, it's very clutch. If you had to pick two or three of the uh, um, underclassmen that you think would make a large impact on the team in the next coming years, could you pick, like, two or three? Definitely McKenna and Kate. Mm-hmm. Like, they're really good. Kate is really good at slapping. Like, her uh-huh. on-base percentage is probably insane. She always gets on. Yeah, I was forgetting about that in softball. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a different – almost a different game than baseball just because the uh, way that they hit the ball and um, their approach at the plate. Um, what's in store for the future for you? You looking to play in college or um, – been thinking about it, but I'm not really as into it, honestly. It's a lot of stuff that I feel like I'm too behind on to start, but yeah. I'm talking to my coach about it later this week, so we'll see. All right, good luck with that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, is there anything else? No, just uh, – I don't know if it's come out before then, but 12 o'clock at the softball field here versus North Oconee, come show out. And if they make it to Columbus, we'll probably have a fan bus to be my guest. Go and cheer them on. Is Columbus a uh, like a tournament yeah. type thing? All right, yeah. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool, yeah. All right. Uh, good luck with the game tonight, and uh, go Cats. Yeah, thank you so right, much for you. coming out. Thanks, Cece, for that interview. It was a lot of fun to do. All right, we're going to switch it a little bit and go around to um, what happened last week. We had the PA- PSATs for the freshmen, PSAT for the sophomore, and the uh, juniors and seniors all had their own different tests. Uh, what did you guys think of it? I know, I think I like the PACT a lot better than the PSAT. I think it was shorter, maybe a little bit easier. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, it was, I found it, um, I feel like I could go through it a little bit faster, though that last section kind of science annoyed science, me. Yeah. yeah. Um, we also had homecoming week last week. What was your favorite part of that? Um, I really liked all the dress-ups and just to see what other people chose. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. 
Um, I think the homecoming dance was really fun. I know we was uh, not the biggest turnout, but I think the location and the music choice was really well done. And I think everybody who was there had a great time. Yeah, I know a lot of people enjoyed that. I also think the uh, powder puff game was a ton of fun. I mean, everyone showed up. A ton of people participated. It was just a great way to get people into it. Now, talking about football, we're going to switch it. Last week, the football team faced off against Hapeville, and it was a great game. The offense, I'm not going to lie, they were kind of struggling. In the first half alone, they had 21 total yards, and two of them were passing. It was not beautiful. In the second half, though, we broke it away. Henry Chartrand had uh, one reception for 77 yards and a touchdown. Wow. Uh, Wade Penn also had 37 rushing yards and a touchdown. Uh, the defense looked great. Romberg was happy with that, how they looked. But obviously next week they're looking to improve their offensive efficiency, as this week they have a bye week. So they got to work on that passing game, that running game. And also I was talking with Romberg. Uh, their offensive line is very injured. We lost mm-hmm. a massive man in Phillips Moore. Mm-hmm. I mean, that he also anchors that down also that affects line. the defensive line as well. Yeah. Phillips Moore has been a monster getting into the backfield, and I know that the defense has always kind of been there for the Wildcats. The offense has been a little bit shaky throughout the season, so it'll be it'll be good to see some consistency coming from the offense. See if they can support that defense. Yeah, um, but that's going to all start with how they can get that pass protection set and make sure that Joko has a time. Last game, four for twelve passing touchdown but got to turn that around make sure that we're ready as we go further into region play as we are two and one i believe Mm -hmm. so that's it for football good luck next week uh now we got volleyball volleyball yeah it's a big 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 time all region team palmer you want to tell us a little bit about that yeah so sophomore sophia joe lucy she made the all region team as well as junior ellie myers and that's just a great i'm sure going into the season you know that was potentially their goal, to work hard and to make it onto that team. Obviously, it's a lot, huge honor. And their season has gone pretty well. They've had one of the toughest schedules in all of Georgia. But they've really worked to improve and practice. And in every game, you can just see an improvement in every part of the game. And they've really been carried by seniors Josephine Conley and as well as Ellie Myers, which makes sense. And she's on the all-region team. She's junior. And the state tournament is tonight, 5.30 at Riverwood. So if you can make it, go show out and cheer on the Volleycats. Yeah, I mean, they've done an incredible job. I mean, I've heard about it all the time doing the sports report. They seem like they're constantly winning. They're 24-21 and 21 overall, but they're 3-2 and two in the region, which is what is important. Um, so it's really exciting to watch them play. We've got a ton of great players, half of them young, half of them old. So it's great to see them all collaborate and just – Make sure that they win. Uh, the softball team, we talked about a little bit earlier with that C.C. Schrader interview, but they have a game versus North Oconee uh, tonight. And if they win, they will move on to Columbus, which is just so exciting. I mean, that's just what you dream about, playing a yeah. sport, being able to go on with your team to the uh, biggest tournament around. Especially those trips going out of town with the teams, the bonding, the memories that are always created. They last a lot, lifetime. Yeah, it's so much fun. Uh, we got cross country. Palmer, take it away. Big news last week. Senior Palmer Wasad committed to Wake Forest to continue her cross country career. Congrats to her. Obviously, keep up the great work. And over the weekend, they had the Coach Wood Invitational, where Joseph Jaco got sixth and Esfan Daya got 13th. 
And as well as Joseph's brother, Jacob, actually got 27th. And I love to see almost the competitiveness between those two brothers. It's just impressive how that family's pumped out two of the best Westminster runners right now. And as well as we had some season best by Willem Mandel and Tyler Robinson. Now for the girls, Palmer got 17th. And some girls who got season best was Lucy Johnson and Carter Frieden. And, you know, overall, I think it was a pretty good race. You obviously saw some people improve. And I wasn't able to find who won. Um, on any of the websites, but I'm sure we did well looking at all the times. We were competitive with all the other teams, so that was really impressive to see. Yeah, both cross-country teams seem to be incredible this year. I mean, the boys' cross-country team, I don't know when they've lost. Just, the, just dominant. It's incredible. I mean, all the leaders on that team, they just keep on proving themselves to be dominant, and um, you can just see how they affect that team. And also for the girls' cross-country team, Palmer Wallstead, it just seems like she's making headlines every other week. And just recently she committed to Wake Forest, so congratulations to her. But talking about sports and college, we got some college cats that are making a difference at the next level. Holden stays. Two weeks ago, had his first collegiate catch for 11 yards. And that was against BYU. Uh, the whole, uh, the Notre Dame tight end is just so much fun to watch. And you got anything more I mean, about he's him? A physical specimen. I mean, the impact he's having already as a freshman. It's going to continue to uh, exponentially grow as he gets older. And maybe we, we might even see him join the other Westminster alums in the NFL, possibly. So to see how he improves over the next couple of weeks, maybe get some more playing time. Well, maybe we all see Holden stays on Sports Center or House of Highlights. Actually, over the summer, I saw him lifting at Westminster still. So it's pretty cool seeing the uh, past alumni working out here. Just it's really inspiring just seeing them uh, get bigger and stronger and knowing that everything they did came from here. Yeah, and I think for Holden, next year's going to be key because currently he's behind the best tight end in the nation and Michael Mayers, but he'll graduate, probably be a first-round pick, so next year will definitely be important. But it'll also be interesting to see if Holden learns anything from Michael, and that can just make him into a better rounded player. Yeah, that's, a, that's a great person to be an understudy, too. I mean, you'll just grow off mm-hmm. of everything he knows. And something that's really impressive that game versus BYU is at the Raider Stadium, Allegiant Stadium. So imagine having your first college catch in one of the nicer NFL stadiums. That has to be a pretty surreal experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, we got Matthew Fernando, if you know him. He was a senior last year for the Boys Cross Country team and a legend. I mean, he set so many records. And uh, yesterday, or a couple days ago, he had a uh, his first collegiate race, and it went incredibly. Yeah, um... On the 8K at Lay Paul Short Run College, uh, he had a 25-26-2. And I'm, I'm not much of a runner, but getting 25 minutes in 8K seemed pretty fast to me. And then in the four miles uh, on September 16th at the Mainline Invitational, he got 20 minutes, 35 seconds, and 8 milliseconds, placing 23rd. So congratulations to Matthew, wishing him the best of success at UPenn in academics and, and athletics. Yeah, and... Next, moving on, we're going to go to Charlie Ham. He graduated a couple years ago. He's the kicker at Duke. And, you know, he's been pretty successful with the field goals. But one thing that's really shown at, stands out to me with looking at his stat line, he hasn't missed a single extra point all year, going 29 for 29. And at the collegiate level, that's just so impressive because you'll see guys missing extra points. And the fact that he's been so consistent with that has really been helping out that Blue Devils team. Yeah, I mean, the kickers this year from Westminster, we've seen it's just been incredible. And the amount of collegiate talent that we produce with uh, Coach Sterniolo at the helm of that kicking academy that we got here, it's uh, incredible to see 
All right, we got Kate Stevens, who's the uh, girls cross country runner, who's done well. She placed third earlier uh, in the uh, 4.17K, which is incredible. She plays, She ran a uh, 15.20. Wow. That's really good. All right, Henley Tippins, too. She, uh, I'm assuming this is lacrosse, right? This is soccer. This is soccer. 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 <laughs> Couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah, so uh, she's honest. She was one of the biggest freshmen of the week after her collegiate debut, which is a great honor for her. Uh, versus Penn State, UMass Lowell, NC State, and Maryland, she's had goals in. And against UMass, she had two. So I think it's going to be fun to see Tenley, especially as a freshman, making that kind of impact. And the kind of, you know, soccer player maybe we might see here on the USA women's national team or competing for an Olympic gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was really good at the high school level. She was the 2020-2021 Gatorade Best Soccer Player of the Year, I want to say, for high school. So for High school girls, yeah. Yeah, high yeah. school. Well, not, yeah, so she'll hopefully continue her soccer career potentially to the pro level. I, there's pro soccer for women, I believe. Yes. And, you know, can't wait to see what how she does. And Gigi Johnson, someone that we got to interview on this year. Palmer, uh, you interviewed her. You want to talk about it? Yeah, so she had her first collegiate meet versus Utah last week, and she actually won her first collegiate event, which is so impressive, with a 54-34 uh, and the 100 fly. And if you want to learn more about you know her mentality for swimming or what's gotten her to the point that she's at, or even how she ended up at Stanford, make sure you listen to that interview available on our YouTube and Spotify as well as Apple Podcast if you want to. So give that a listen. Yeah, so let's go over to Janie Cooper, another cross-country runner. Uh, she got a 22-37 in the 6K, placing 34th, as along with a in another 6K, 23-26-7, uh, placing 9th place. And then in the 3K, 10 minutes, 54 seconds in second place. Another one, another Westminster alum, uh, making great strides in the cross-country world in college. Next, we have Annie Giardina, who's swimming at Navy. So... She has started. She had one meet so far, and she swam the 50 free, and 100 free, and 200 back. And in those, I believe she won the 50 free, is what it's looking like. But I, and you know, so far all of her times are looking really impressive. And especially, I mean, swimming at Navy, like the whole school per se is about like being on boats and on the water. So, like, swimming's obviously <laughs> a big part of that. So, to be able to swim for Navy, where I don't want to say water's their thing, but, <laughs> yeah. but that's really impressive. Speaking yeah. about Navy, another Westminster senior this year committed to Navy, Henry Chartrand, will be that going out true. there to play wide receiver and mm-hmm. uh, Navy. I think, actually, cornerback. Cornerback. Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess that, as Navy uh, Palmer said, being a good swimmer at Navy is very helpful. Yeah. If you get knocked off the boat, you you know you can swim back onto it. The uh, rest of the collegiate swimmers have their first meet uh, this week, actually. So make sure to watch out for that. Palmer, do you have any names for those? Yeah, so Savin Shaw at Harvard. I believe his first meet is the 28th, which is in maybe days. two weeks. Nine days, whatever. Yep. Not this week. but And I believe that's the same with... Uh, why can't I think of other names? But same with all the other collegiate swimmers. And so make sure you watch our podcast after. We'll keep you up to date on how well they did. Hopefully some wins and maybe even some PRs. All right. Wrapping up the collegiate athletes. Now moving on to the pro sports. Harrison Butker 
He hit the Chiefs record for longest field goal with a 62-yarder, hit the McGregor strut immediately afterward. It was so much fun to watch. Kind of hit with a little bit of a Steph Curry swagger right there. Didn't even look to see if it went in. Just kind of turned around, walked back to the dugout, going crazy with the teammates. To the dugout. It's not baseball. Dugout. The (laughs) the sideline. Um, Yeah, it was so much fun to watch. Unfortunately, the Chiefs did fall, lost 24-20 in a great game against the Bills. I mean, hopefully we'll get to see them again later on in the AFC Championship or something like that as they're just two great teams, and I love watching them play. Um, Blake Gillikin also, he uh, unfortunately lost by four points as well to the Cincinnati Bengals. It was a late-game thriller, but he did great, had an average of 49.7 yards on three punts with the longest of 61 yards. It was a great day for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, moving on to the MLB playoff side of things, Will Benson. Westminster alum, 2016 grad, playing on the Guardians as playoff uh, roster. Yeah, playoff roster, and he actually went viral. I know we all saw on Talking Baseball, very popular, another podcast. Uh, they posted him dropping the cooler on a walk-off home run. It was how are, how are we doing that, Will? Come on. It was painful, but the Yankees they finally overcame the Guardians last night. They won 5-1 in Game Five. So in a couple of days, they will start this. Actually. Today, today, Tonight, yep. they will start the series off against the Astros. So make sure to tune in. It's going to be a lot of fun. On the other side of the bracket, we got the Phillies versus the Padres. The Phillies took a big dub yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber had home runs. Kyle Schwarber had destroyed uh, second longest home run in, in Statcast history. history. Yeah, no, it was, I believe is also Statcast history. No. Four eighty-eight feet. No, no, no. Because no? Acuna had a two ninety-five one twenty twenty, and then you remember the um, Judge hit one four nine. Yeah, and Ronald right. Guzman hit that. I think it's. Zach has in the postseason. It's, yeah. it's the, second longest in the postseason. It, and then one and hardest hit. Yeah, in the one season. 120 exit velo. That was a bomb. I just imagine if the ball was in Coors, how far it would have gone. It was hit so far, and especially hit at sea level. Yeah, that's, which is incredible. That's crazy. All right, uh, Falcons. They've done a great job. They've, yeah. turned, they've turned the season around. Yeah, Falcons, I believe, are right now 3-3, three and three, yep. and they're heading into a probably, you could say, an easier part of their schedule. Uh, very easily, they could end the year with at least 9 to 10 wins, which is huge coming off of uh, kind of a poor season the past couple of years. So the Falcons may kind of, you know, inch out a playoffs win. Uh, They have a a game this Sunday against the Bengals, which should be a good game. And then they have a few more games against division rivals like the Buccaneers and the Panthers and Saints. So Mm -hmm. uh, if the Falcons continue to play the way they're playing, it looks like we might have another Atlanta team in the playoffs. Yeah, and after that Bengals game, we get – the luck of the draw, we get to face the struggling Panthers on the 30th. So we're going to get the win there. I mean, hopefully Watch those, those Panthers it. are really struggling. Yeah, I firsthand know the struggles of uh, watching the Panthers because I have DJ Moore on my fantasy team. He's not <laughs> been doing, doing too good. Uh, so we're, I'm going to have to ask him to step it up. But he can step it up after they play the Falcons this Sunday. The Falcons are actually 3-2. and two. Okay. Oh, uh, even better. Wait, no, uh, they're 3-3. 3-3, and three. Three and three, no, but they could 3-3. They could very easily, three easily and three. be four and two oh, after that controversial crazy. roughing the yeah. passer called against Tom Brady. And they're tied for not NFC East. And L- they're second in uh, yeah, NFC yeah. East. They could very easily no, South. South, they could South, very South. easily be four and two right now and have the third seed in the playoffs. So the Falcons are looking good. The defense has been playing really well, averaging three turnovers per game. Offense has been good, having the number one rushing in the NFL, and that we're doing that without our number one rusher, rusher Cordero Patterson. Yeah, so, yeah. Also, last game, Marcus Mariota, he didn't look like he did too much, but he went 
almost had a perfect pass rating. He incom- he only had two incompletions on the game, I believe. He passed for 140 yards, but he did not make a single error, which is exactly what we need for him as he's a rushing passer. He had 60 rushing yards on the day. We just need him to keep on doing that, not turning the ball over and keeping this offense steady mm-hmm. and just making sure they don't make those tiny mistakes that set us back. I would almost say the Falcons are like the Westminster of the NFL. Really good defense, amazing special teams, and we get it done on offense. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's go over to the college football side. I know we haven't talked about that too much on the podcast, uh, but there's a lot of colleges down south, and I think we all kind of root for different schools. Georgia had a big win against Vanderbilt. Georgia's still number one in the AP polls, 55-0 against Vandy, and I probably the game of the year – Game of the decade, one of the top games of the decade. Fantastic game. Alabama, Tennessee. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Do you know that this, that, well, let's just start from the beginning. The Alabama Crimson Tide fell to the Tennessee Volunteers, 52-49. This is the most points that the Nick Saban-led Tide has led up ever. That's impressive. And he's been coaching there since 2006, but when they went up to Rocky Top, they came falling down that hill real fast. And they were... I think if this stat is correct, when the Alabama scores 49 points, they were 132-0 and 0 until today. They are now 100, or this weekend, they are 132-1 and 1 now when scoring 49 points. And what's incredible is we're looking at the stats right now. Bryce Young played immaculately to the definition of that word. 455 passing yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions. So the fact that the Tennessee Volunteers are able to turn that around and get that win is incredible. And I think that Tennessee is one of the leading, I think, best betting odds for Heisman and Hendon Hooker. For and then sure. what thing was crazy. As, Him or C.J. Shroud. Yeah, we had another kind of Randy Moss uh, wide receiver performance from Jalen Hyatt. Six receptions, five touchdowns, 270 yard, 207 yards, averaging 34.5. Dang. That's wild. It was impressive. The quarterback, Hendon Hooker, had 385 passing yards and five touchdowns, which means that uh, Jalen Hyatt had every single touchdown, uh, passing touchdown that that team had. He he caught them, and he also had more than half of the receiving yards, which is just incredible. Game of the year, it was so much fun to watch. I mean, everyone got excited for it. Yeah, some of the other great games this week was Utah upsetting USC 43-42. to That was another thriller. I don't think it got as much attention, obviously, being not an SEC game. But that was a really fun game to watch. And after the game, uh, Utah's quarterback had some mean words about Lincoln Riley because apparently when he was being recruited, I believe his name's Cameron something. Uh, uh, just a little rough TikTok reference if you guys know. But USC, what happened? If you know what that means, you're for you, Paige. You'll get a little bit of laugh. Awfully different than mine. But Utah quarterback Cameron Rising, after the game, said that when he wanted, when the first time when he faced um, Lincoln Riley, which was last Sunday or Saturday, he had always had almost, he was looking to destroy him because when he was being recruited, he believed that he wasn't being recruited properly by Lincoln Riley. And, you know, he wanted to get his revenge, and he certainly did beating them. Yeah, so another, no, some notable games. Ohio State, the number two. Number two seed in the AP poll. Had a pretty comfortable win against Michigan State, um, as well as Michigan also took a big dub against Penn State. So mm-hmm. I think we're kind of seeing the four teams kind of come into the mold. I think we're probably going to see Georgia, Ohio State, and then Tennessee and Michigan probably going to be the top four seeds. Probably. And Alabama being knocked out, which is 
pretty crazy not seeing them in the playoffs. But mm-hmm. this will probably be one of the last years where we have a four-team playoff with the expanded playoff coming in 2024. Mm-hmm. Palmer, who do you think is going to be in the playoffs? Who do you think is going to actually win this? Uh... Um, You know what? I really like Michigan. Um, Obviously, being in the South, Michigan really doesn't get as much respect as it should because everyone thinks about the big SEC powerhouses and Georgia, Bama, and now kind of Tennessee. But you know what? Michigan, their ground game is elite. They potentially also have a Heisman runner and their running back who, you look at him, he does not look like he'd be a good running back, but he gets the job done. He had like 200 rushing yards last week, and you know, and they have a stout defense and one of the better O-lines in the league, so I think they can get it done. Yeah, also, Georgia has a big game coming up. We got Georgia versus Florida. That'll be October 29th. And as we know... Yeah, October 29th. So they'll, get a, they'll have it off, off weekend this weekend. And then a big, yeah. big game against Tennessee, November 5th. I know a lot of Georgia, Georgia students are reselling their tickets for big, big money. <laughs> yeah. So... I saw a couple of uh, my classmates doing that earlier. Georgia right now is seated at number one. They are 7-0, and oh, and it's looking pretty good. Also, Ohio State has been incredible. They are 6-0. and oh. They've played nobody good. I'm not buying into the hype. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not mm. a big Ohio State stand. Their only top 25 team that they've played was Notre Dame at that point, but now Notre Dame is 3-3. Three and three. They lost to Stanford at home, So and Stanford is not a good football team. So Notre Dame has really fallen off this year under first-year coach Marcus Freeman. Yeah, Ohio State does have a very easy schedule. Their only tough game is the last one of the year. That'll be against number four, Michigan. I, so, know, I think that's when we'll see which if Ohio State can really hold up to that standard. And, mm-hmm. and I think if Michigan wins, they'll be in the playoffs. If Ohio State loses, they might get you know kicked out real quick. Yeah, we got Michigan, Clemson, and Tennessee. They're all undefeated. So let's see how... Uh, this turns out because it's it's turning out really exciting. I think this year might be my favorite year for college football that I've seen. Also, speaking of undefeated teams, TCU, eighth-ranked TCU, in double overtime beat uh, beat Oklahoma State. Now Oklahoma State has a tough home game against the Texas Longhorns, and I think that'll be a really close game. But in the end, I think Texas is going to come out. You got Quinn Ewers there, and I think – Texas defense has been so stout with Gary Patterson as well as Pete Kowalski as the D.C. So that'll be a really good game to watch this sun, this Saturday. And then going back to the NFL side, I know we are all kind of big fantasy guys, and so we can go over like the perfect lineup. If One of you guys out there might have had this Joe Burrow, 32.5 points. I know I had to go against him. Yeah, I also same. had to go against Deion Jackson, who put up 28.1. Very unexpected. I actually traded for Ramondre Stevenson this week. He, Ramondre Stevenson is slept on. He is the running back for the New England Patriots. And let me tell you, that dude runs like a freight train. There is no bringing him down with a solo tackle. You got to go at him with the boys. You are not taking him down. And then big games from Jamar Chase and Stephon Diggs, as expected, dropping 30 points each. Mike Isicki hitting the longest gritty. I don't think he's going to be doing that any longer. Actually, I love that Mike Isaki gritty. It looks very uncoordinated and unathletic, but that's what's so special. About but Mac it. Jones is much better. Mac Jones is better. Yeah. Unfortunately, but Mac Jones is a bad quarterback. Mac Jones, Mac Jones is injured. He's a quarterback for the New England Patriots, and his replacement Bailey Zappi has been incredible. Last yep. game, actually, he threw for three hundred nine passing yards and two touchdowns, no interceptions. 
and he's looked very good. He's 2-0 and with the starts that he's gotten. And just recently, actually, no, a couple weeks ago, he, lost he barely to lost to the Packers. He didn't Go get the Pat start. Bo. But Aaron Rodgers, the great quarterback, is really struggling out there. I mean, what, they just lost to the Jets? Yeah, I know. Without Devontae That's Adams, tough. that Packers team has not been looking too good. I mean, yeah. their passing attack has not been the same. And I know Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers probably, you know, kind of experiencing that kind of, you know, slow yeah. start. Perk we'll Rodgers is not doing too hot. <laughs> can we say that on here? <laughs> I don't know if we can, <laughs> but Alex said it anyways. Uh, so I don't think we're going to spin the wheel this week because we've had a lot of stuff to talk about. But thank you guys for coming on. Oh, Make sure. hold up. NBA started last oh, night. Oh, yes. NBA had their first games last yesterday. So, last night, Warriors beat the Lakers. Celtics beat the 76ers. Were those the only two games last night? I yeah, last so. night, only two games. But all the other teams are playing tonight, including the Rockets at the Hawks, 7.30. Go Hawks. Hopefully, they'll have another great year. Potentially win it all. I mean, you got a great core there with Trey Young. They just locked up DeAndre Hunter. Yep. Uh, and, it was like four years, almost $100 million. De, Not Devontae Murray. Uh, John Jonte. Day. Yep. Jonte Murray coming over to the Spurs. I think John Collins. John, Col- John Collins. Collins not Trey Collier. Young. And Jonte Murray have some good chemistry. So I think the Hawks are probably looking at uh, trying to get in the playoffs <laughs> this year and make a run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, both games yesterday were super high scoring. Steph Curry put up 33 of his own. Um, Going to be a fun season for basketball. I'm not the biggest basketball fan, so we're, I'm kind of out of my comfort zone. When I say that, um, you're not a basketball. Celtics fan. I don't know basketball. Not you a, a Celtics, Celtics fan. Guy. Being from ba- <laughs> being from Connecticut. I'm from Connecticut. Connecticut. So, but you like the Patriots and the Yankees. Yeah. You just choose the teams that are good, except for. The Yankees haven't won a world championship since 2009, unlike the Atlanta Braves, who won it last year. And now he's searching up the Patriots. He'll bring up some of the rings that they cheated on. Oh, no, he's just searching up a map. All right, so if you look up New England really quickly, it's a uh, culmination of multiple states. Let's look at this real quick. Okay. Uh, Do I see New York? I don't see New York. You got Connecticut, we, where I'm from. Let's see. Wh- you where? got Massachusetts, Rhode Island, New Hampshire, and Maine. Okay, let's see. Now, let me tell you why New I'm York? a New York Yankees fan. New York? And that is because four What town the, in uh, Connecticut five, did you live in? Well, Woodbury. Woodbury. Don't they have a good boarding <laughs> school there? Why are we searching there? where oh, no, Alex There's lives. a good one in uh, yes, uh, Virginia. Yeah. Or Pennsylvania, something like that. Well, Alex, you could just cheer for the Boston... Boston's team. Well, um, no, we're about to see which one's closer. My would literally burn me at the stake. I okay. got four people. She's a Bronx gal. You do not bring up the Red Sox in that household, or she will put you on a stake and light it on fire. Okay, so it is 78 miles to Yankee Stadium, but to Fenway Park. It's probably a little farther. Stadium? Park? Stadium? Fenway Park. Oh, is it Park? Yeah. But to Fenway Park it is way farther, double the distance. Wait, that's not that's Fenway. Oh no, that is. Never mind. Yep, Alex, you're 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 allowed to be a Yankees fan. Yep, thank but you. But your NFL teams that you should maybe be a Jets or Giants fan. No, because I'm in New, New England. Yep, okay, that works. Whatever. Okay. Right. How are you a Chargers fan? <laughs> yeah, I, <just laughs> yeah, like I mean, the they're Chargers. not even that good. It's fine. 
Uh, that's not even a bandwagon. They're better than the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots have turned it around, to be frank. I think they have. <laughs> frank? They're kind of like the Falcons this year. Not not big names, but they've been able to. <laughs> All right, we're wrapping it up. Thank you for watching. Make sure to check out the other videos that we have. This is the fourth episode. Thank you for watching, and have a good day. You too. See Go you guys. Cats to all the teams in playoffs tonight. Go support the Volley Cats over at Riverside in some tournament of some sort, as well as at 12 o'clock, Softball Stadium, KCB. Big game versus North Oconee, and any other games that are coming up. Go support them. Go Cats. Woo! Good night. Good night.